Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I came here as a burnt-out pastor who didn't really know how to frame that. Um, I, I, I didn't really give myself or feel like I had permission to to talk about that difficult subject. And, and in all honesty, I probably could have just carried on living my life and um, never really acknowledged it. But 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 they reached a point when I was in ministry when I just uh, realized I was numb. I hadn't felt anything. I think for a year, I probably hadn't laughed or cried for over a year. And that's when he knew that something needed to change. He made a big move from the UK to Vancouver and got involved with an organization called Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries. Today on Connections, he's going to share a little bit about this ministry, why it's so important to equip churches to support mental health, and I'll also share a little bit about his journey. We're joined today by Daniel Whitehead. He is the CEO of Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries in Vancouver. Tell us a little bit about Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries. Yeah, so Sanctuary is a, a nonprofit that was founded in Vancouver, Canada, about 10 years ago. And I've had the privilege of leading it for the last uh, uh, nearly six years. And uh, Sanctuary exists to help the church um, to be ready to support people in the midst of mental health crisis. How does a church really hold space for people? How does a church know what to do and what not to do? So Sanctuary exists as a ministry to practically equip the church to know how to support people, to be ready to support people in crisis, and to be a safe space, a sanctuary for people who are experiencing mental health challenges. You're from the UK. You mentioned that now you're living in Vancouver. What led you to this ministry and to get involved with this? Yeah, so I mean, I moved to Vancouver um, nearly seven years ago. I, I came for a year and uh, I, I stay for a lifetime, which is, uh, <laughs> which yes, is is surprisingly common. Um, but no, I I came here as a burnt out pastor who didn't really know how to frame that. Um, I, I I didn't really give myself or feel like I had permission to to talk about that difficult subject. And, and in all honesty, I probably could have just carried on living my life and um, never really acknowledged it. But 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 they reached a point when I was in ministry when I just uh, realized I was numb. I hadn't felt anything. Uh, I think for a year, I probably hadn't laughed or cried for over a year. And um, that caused me and my wife and and, and then with our, our, our one child, uh, we now have two, but we needed to change things. And so we moved to Vancouver for me to do some postgraduate study at Regent College in Vancouver. And um, that just led to this journey of finding this little organization that was looking for a, a new uh, director. And so I applied and got the job and Kind of the rest is history, but but my own journey at Sanctuary has been very much inspired by my experiences of being in pastoral ministry. And that's very interesting when you said you were a burnt out pastor. And when it comes to mental health, a lot of the time we hear that pastors don't talk about mental health, first of all, because they don't know how to approach it. Secondly, mm. there's so much stigma surrounding it. What made you finally feel comfortable to to talk about it and to get involved in this? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, <laughs> I think there are a lot of burnt out pastors and I think, I think many of them have, 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 you know, possibly been struggling for a long time. And, and I only feel empathy and compassion. I think, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're doing pastoral work and you're trying to support people and trying to carry what can be implicitly quite a heavy load, just to feel the, the pressure or the need to, keep things going, particularly during something like COVID, I can't imagine. So um, I think in terms of finding the, the, the bravery to, to talk about it, for me, um, 
I couldn't not talk about it. I think talking about it has been one of the ways I found uh, healing. You know, that's been part of my healing journey. So, it, yes, it can be a scary thing. But I think to be vulnerable, uh, which we definitely see in uh, our Lord Jesus, <laughs> you know, the, um, who 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 hangs on a cross and, and says, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's, that's about the most vulnerable thing a person could do. So for me, it is about it is about um, following Christ and seeking to embody the kind of leadership he he models for us. Why is it so important now more than ever for pastors to be equipped to deal with mental health? Yeah, I think it's, it's more important than ever because um, there's, there's actually research, uh, secular research that demonstrates this. But at a point of mental health crisis, many people ask the big questions and they turn to spirituality for answers. Um, so I think we have to be ready to be able to give good answers and um, actually, uh, the answers we give will can dictate whether a person's recovery journey, their healing journey, um, uh, how quickly that takes place. And and I just know, like I know, mm-hmm. the church is called to be that safe place. And I know the church can do it if the church is able to have the right conversations, to build the right framework and the right language. The church is so well placed to become famous for being the place that you turn to at a point of crisis and so at sanctuary that is exactly why we exist we create resources including the sanctuary course our flagship resource which is like a mental health alpha course anyone can use it it's free it's easy to use and it helps churches have these conversations so they can become safer places and i want to talk a little bit more about those resources but first of all like why has it been so hard and why have pastors not been equipped up until now? Mm. I think there are a lot of reasons. I mean, that is a really interesting question. It's probably a, a, um, a few podcasts worth of answers. But I, I think mm-hmm. I think one of the main reasons <clears throat> is that often in our culture, implicitly in the particularly in the West, um, we do tend to have a, 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 a dualism between what is spiritual and what is physical. And uh, the problem with the organ of the brain, when there's a problem with that, is uh, the, the organ of, of the brain is the place where we make decisions and it's the place where we, um, yeah, we can decide things. And I think that's is kind of scary to think that this organ um, can uh, in some ways affect our ability to enact our faith. So I think that's a really scary point. But the point I often make is the organ of the brain, like we've learned more about it in the last 20 years than in the rest of human history. And um, we do, for whatever reason, have this stigma attached. If there's a problem with the organ of the brain, we don't have the same stigma attached to the other organs like the heart or, you know, the liver or the kidneys. But the brain is one that's tricky for us because I think it's scary. I think it's scary to think that, wow, if my brain is affected, my faith will be affected. But um, I, I, I don't think that's true. I think when I read the pages of scripture, when I read the Psalms of Lament, uh, when I see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, I see people really struggling in their mental health. And it, and the fact that God includes these stories in the pages of scripture invites us to bring who we are and our realness and our vulnerability and our pain. And God says, I will walk with you through it. And um, in the midst of that journey, people in the midst of crisis have a lot to teach the rest of us about what's happening and about the heart of God. So I think um, I think there's an opportunity for the church to, to listen well and to um, find a new way of holding space for people who are struggling. 
break down that stigma. It is definitely the first place that most of the guests that we've chatted with that have dealt with mental health. First place they went to was church, but then there was this stigma and shame and guilt that mm. they were surrounded by. Tell us a little bit more about this resource, the Sanctuary Course, and why you decided to launch it and launch it for free. Yeah, well, we decided to launch it for free because our vision is big and we know that this is a big subject and we know that churches all over the world need to have these conversations. Um, during COVID, we've had downloads in over 60 countries. Um, hundreds of thousands of people have been through this resource. And um, and that's something actually as Canadians, I'm nearly a Canadian. I'm, I'm so close. I'm being sworn in any day now. Um, but I, so I say I'm a Canadian. Um, we as Canadians can be very proud of the fact that this Canadian organization is impacting communities all over the world. I mean, uh, you know, the world needs more Canada and um, and they're getting it through sanctuary. So uh, we, we make it free. So it reduces all barriers to all churches everywhere because not all churches can afford to pay. And it's much easier to make it free for everyone. And we just don't want barriers in the way. And uh, and, you know, why why we did this was we we really saw that. Um, this conversation needs to happen. And very often people will say things like, um, oh, mental health. That's yeah. I have an uncle who has depression or oh, I have a friend who lives with anxiety. But th the mental health conversation actually involves every human being on the planet because we all have mental health. But the question is, is our mental health currently flourishing or is it languishing? And uh, what tools can we learn? Uh, in order to help us navigate periods of languishing. And I would suggest collectively as a society in, in the last two years, we've all known periods of languishing. Um, some statistics I saw said 70% of people have said that during COVID, they've, they've experienced mental health challenges. And <clears throat> I would suggest it's probably more than 70%. I think all of us on some level have been affected seeing the news that we've seen and, and hearing these things. So um, the course is there to help all people hold this subject, frame it so that we're ready to offer support to each other and we're ready to kind of offer support to ourselves when that point of crisis comes because I've never met a human being that planned on being diagnosed with a mental illness. No one plans this, but sometimes it happens and uh, we need to be ready. And I know you've mentioned a few times that this resource is specifically for churches, but can other groups use this as well? Is it is it something that can be adapted to work with other small groups that are working alongside people with mental health challenges? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely can. Uh, Sanctuary's philosophy is our resources can be used by anyone. And um, every every session it really looks at the subject from a clinical perspective, like a psychological perspective and from a theological perspective and from the perspective of lived experience. Now, our vision at Sanctuary is simply that when we talk about well-being or mental health flourishing, as Christians, we would say, well, that kind of includes God. God's vision of well-being um, is, is kind of important to us. And that includes, you know, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So we would say to people, look, as long as you accept the fact that that's the vision of well-being that we see that includes the creator God um, holding us and sustaining life itself. Yeah, absolutely. There's plenty you can learn. And there are plenty of churches that we know that have run the sanctuary course and have had people in their communities who aren't people of faith turn up because they want to know more about mental health. And this is a way for them to find out what God thinks about mental health. And I, so I think there's kind of missional uh, possibilities for this resource as well. 
you shared a little bit there about some of the feedback that you've received, but is there anything yet, any responses that really stand out from those who've had the opportunity to take part in this course? I mean, I, I am overwhelmed every day when we get feedback, just a little comment, like even yesterday we heard from someone, a lady in um, in the US who just said, I have been struggling for years and I've never talked about it. And you've given me the space to talk about it and to be heard. And um, we get stories like that all over the world, literally. People who said, I have been struggling in silence. And, and when I was given the chance to open up, others opened up. I found out the people I was not telling about my own challenges are going through the same challenges. So I think this is this is the thing. If you can pull back the veil, suddenly it opens a conversation. People can be open and then community is built and people can support each other because that's a big part of recovering from these these uh, phases of mental health languishing, these, these times of mental health languishing, is to know you're not alone and to know that there are people around you who understand and will support you. Another great thing about this course is that the people that you've involved in it, the contributors, are people who have actually mm. lived with yeah. mental health challenges. That is so important when talking about this. Share a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we we strongly believe in the voice of lived experience at Sanctuary. We think um, more often than not, we need to be really good at listening. So, um, yes, we, we are trying to break down the stigma by modelling um, essentially what it is to be a person of faith in the midst of a mental health challenge or a mental illness. So the course follows people's stories, people from different cultural backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, but all people of faith who have, have walked through various diagnoses. So it, it could be someone who's walking through schizophrenia or someone who's uh, walking through um, generalized anxiety disorder and depression or someone with bipolar disorder. But we've, we've captured a range of stories from a range of people um, to, to model what it is to carry um, this diagnoses in the midst of being a person of faith and we believe that that in itself is a really powerful remedy to uh, remove the stigma and uh, the, the type of stigma that exists in a church is a little bit nuanced it is a bit different from other stigmas that that, that exist more generally in society but and it's often marked by this idea that many of us again in particularly in western churches feel this implicit pressure to keep up appearances and to 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 act as if everything is fine and to follow this idea that well if i'm a christian and i know jesus then i should be happy and um we live in in that world of shoulds i should be this i should be that and we deny what is really going on and and in denying it we deny i believe we deny god the possibility to meet with us and help us recover and to strengthen our faith through that time and and that's because god has made us as relational beings we need each other we need to talk to each other that is how god has made us and he's placed us in communities in the church to offer vulnerable openness so that we can offer support and encouragement and and when we do that um that won't answer all the problems but it will certainly answer the stigma problem so uh yeah that, that's why we do it start that conversation make that connection from a burnt out pastor to the ceo of sanctuary mental health ministries what's the biggest thing that you've taken away throughout this entire journey well i think for me personally I, i've taken a, a lot of things from it I, I am just every day i am so grateful to be leading this work because i can see 
that it is making a very real difference to people. And I love the church and I really want to help the church to be a better reflection of the heart of Jesus, to be a better reflection of his kingdom. So I am overjoyed that I get to do this work. And I've learned a lot of things. Probably one of the main things I've learned is um, <laughs> when God's behind something, it's very hard to stop it because I think in spite of me, God has miraculously led this ministry and um, we're going to keep going. And, and our vision is very big and broad. And uh, I love that I get to say to churches and pastors, we believe in you. You've got this and we're going to help you to, to do this. For those who want to learn more about the sanctuary course how can they go about doing that yeah you can visit our website at sanctuarymentalhealth.org or you can follow us on facebook twitter or instagram um, but there's other free resources on our website everything is free and just go and explore and and share it with others yeah we'd love for you to do that and for churches that want to get involved like you said this is something with the course it's gone all around the world for churches that want to get involved with Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries, how can they go about doing that and where should they start? Yeah, so, I mean, if, if you want to get involved, um, I think you go to our website, download the course, um, have a look through it. There are also, we have a blog, we have podcasts, we have um, other resources, including a resource called Faith, Grief and COVID-19 to help communities process the effects of grief and loss during the last two and a half years in the pandemic. So um, I would say just go and have a play. Go in, look at the resources. But, but generally we say to churches, if you don't know where to start, start with the course. It's eight weeks long. You can run it in small groups. You can start with your leadership team if you want. But start with the course and that will open up the conversation and help you to continue to build a, a ministry of support for, for mental health. And like you said, there's no better time than now with everything that went on over the past two years. Thank you so much for making time for us. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for joining us today and for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.